Countries including India, China, Germany, and France have imposed travel bans and shut their borders to the UK as the country is dealing with a newfound COVID-19 strain that reportedly spreads much faster than the previous variant. This has now raised concerns as the UK has already been hit pretty hard with the COVID-19 pandemic within the last couple of months. It is still yet unclear whether or not the new strains will be able to be treated with the existing and in the UK already approved COVID-19 vaccines. So for further discussion on what this means uh, for the upcoming Christmas holidays and the new year, we are pleased to be joined once again by Professor Danny Altman from the Department of Immunology and Inflammation at Imperial College London. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us once again, Professor. Uh, It's been reported that more than 137,000 people in the UK have already received their first dose of the uh, Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about the vaccination process and how it has been going so far and what the public reaction has been like? I think it's gone surprisingly well so far. Um, I think most people are enthusiastic about it. So here we've got a a fairly um, strict protocol for um, how it's going to be rolled out. Um, I think some healthcare workers are are anxious for their turn to come around um, because there's there's a lot of pressure in the hospitals and they'd rather feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it feels like so far like it's going surprisingly well. So that that's good. In terms of people pinning maybe excessive hopes on the COVID-19 pandemic being magically uh, done away with with these uh, vaccines, uh, there does seem to be now this, again, according to the media reporting, a sort of a sobering reality that uh, we are in it for the long haul, especially with this uh, new variant. Can you tell us a little bit about the um, the new variant, how different is it from the, the regular COVID-19 virus? I, I know that viruses mutate, but uh, what exactly are some of the um, uh, characteristics of this new strain? Yeah, sure. So, so um, you know, yes, so as you described it, you know, um, viruses do mutate all, all the time. When we talk about SARS-CoV-2 virus, we're not talking about one thing. Mm. If you mapped all of the sequences that have come out since January the 11th last year, there are tens of thousands of different sequences around the world because there's always a little bit of drift and a few mistakes in the sequence. Right. And the reason that people have got excited now about this one is, first of all, because it's um, it's accumulated the largest number of differences. It's got at least 17 coding differences. So, you know, 17 amino acid changes. And somehow that's enabled it to take hold, um, you know, in many parts of the world, but especially spotted in the southeast of England, uh, around London and Kent. And so the the excitement over the last few weeks here has been that when people try to understand why um, the, um, the, the tier three lockdown measures really weren't working very well and why the virus was still on the, on the upturn, it was appreciated that a disproportionate number of the new cases mm. were, were of this new variant. So it, it's that that's upset people and worried people. And what we understand then is the, the, the R-naught of this particular strain is higher than, than what we've grown accustomed to with the regular COVID-19 uh, virus. However, that we're, we're, it's still not determined as far as the case fatality rate of this new strain uh, being necessarily more deadly, right? Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. So, um, 
so the idea that it it um it it implies a higher r rate is very sobering because it means that you know we're in for an even harder winter than we thought we were right. and it means we need to get the rates of vaccination up really high to be safe and to be out of this thing but if you look at how many thousands of cases of the new variant we've got i think we would have spotted by now if that had meant oh you know more deaths or more severity or more hospitalizations and i feel like we haven't seen that mm. so it's 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 more spread rather than more severity now, in terms of policy, uh, because of the new strain and, and, and the concerns about that, the UK government has uh, issued uh, what's known as a Tier 4 level restriction lockdown in London. Uh, there was a promise apparently or earlier on that uh, there would be a loosening of restrictions ahead of the Christmas holidays. Here in Korea, the same situation, uh, increasing cases, more restrictions ahead of the Christmas holidays, and there certainly is a sense of fatigue here in Korea. I imagine it's similarly the case in the UK as well. Yes, you know, I I think it was a very difficult situation for the government because there certainly is a big division in society here and even within the Conservative Party, within Boris Johnson's party, Mm. between the people who are really sick of this thing and are fatigued and have lost interest in it and are, you know, are more worried about the survival of their businesses and the quality of their Christmas and all those kind of things. And um, in the end, I think the sort of eye-opener of the data about this new variant has kind of forced their hand. And, you know, we all accept that no matter how important all those other things are, which they are, the only answer to this virus at the moment is to, is to block transmission. And that takes quite serious measures. The, uh, the Going back then to the new strain, uh, from what we understand, the existing vaccines would uh, be attacking the same protein. So we do not expect necessarily the, that uh, the efficacy of the vaccine will somehow be uh, in peril because of people um, suffering from the new strain. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you've done your homework. That's, that's how I see it. So, so no formal experiments have yet been done on the, the immunology of this. They're all in progress at the moment. But when I look at the particular amino acid changes that are implicated here, um, and I try and transpose that onto what I think about how a vaccine works, you know, the vaccine would would induce antibodies binding to several different parts of spike. And these mutations would only um, impede a tiny part of that binding. So my my firm prediction is, is that the vaccines will still work. And as I'm sure you know, because of all of the inquiries coming from all over all over the world, including from us here in Korea, the the entire world is watching the UK right now as uh, they were the first to uh, approve uh, the initial vaccines from Pfizer and BioNTech. Uh, Some more good news is that the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine also being reviewed. Highly possible that the MHRA will give uh, approval during um, the week of December 28th. So we could see another immediate rollout of those vaccines and uh, currently, the UK has done really a, a, a great job in securing um, adequate doses, uh, 357 million, I believe. H- how do you think the, the vaccine process ultimately will play out? And, um, and are you similarly optimistic about the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine? I am, you know. So, so I, for me, the bottom line is that, um, you know, for a, a new sequence that we learned about, what, you know, January the 11th of 2020, to have not just one vaccine, but to be spoiled for choice, with um, you know, I, I, you know, I won't go into all the details, but you know, you know, I I I've, I very much um, admire, admire and rate the top six or seven or eight candidates. Mm. 
So, in other words, we're spoiled for choice around the globe, and we need to be, obviously, because we have, um, you know, many billions of people to vaccinate. So what a great situation right. to be in after the debacle of the last year. So, um, yes, so, so I've looked quite closely at the data from all of the front runners. They all induce great levels of neutralizing antibody, great levels of T-cells. And so I, I don't know which ones are on offer for you, you know, um, where, where you are, but um, I would really recommend them and, um, you know, suggest that everybody go out and get any vaccine they're offered as soon as possible. Yeah, and, and hopefully uh, kind of cut through the fog. And uh, despite the uh, the vaccine skepticism that does abound in uh, certain quarters, uh, uh, we do get enough of the population uh, vaccinated uh, within a short period of time need it. In, yeah. you know, in 2021. Professor Allman, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your expertise. Uh, we wish you a happy holidays and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Let's uh, continue our discussion now with Professor Duncan Matthews. He's the director of the Queen Mary Intellectual Property Research Institute at Queen Mary University of London, joining us on the line right now. Hello. Hello. Good to speak to you. Professor Matthews, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, As we were talking about before, there is um, global news being um, kind of fixated on the UK, not just with the initial vaccine rollout, but also with this discovery of a new COVID-19 strain, apparently over uh, 70% more transmissible than the earlier strain, resulting in, uh, among other factors, the UK government issuing a tier four lockdown in London ahead of the Christmas uh, season. Could you just initially please give us your uh, thoughts on the overall situation in the UK as it stands right now? Well, on Sunday, the UK Secretary of State for Health, um, Matt Hancock, he was asked live on BBC TV, uh, is the coronavirus under control? And his answer was very clear. He said, no, it's not. Mm. The new variant is out of control. So I think that shows you the seriousness of the situation in the UK right now. Um, And this is why, of course, we have the T4, uh, tier four areas introduced to cover not just London, but 31% of the south of the country, Um, so 31% of the population. Um, And today's newspaper headlines are, in fact, calling for a full national lockdown to prevent tens and thousands of deaths. So although these new variants emerge all the time, um, what's interesting here is that we're seeing 22 mutations all at once. Um, And this new attachment mechanism in the spike of the coronavirus uh, is something that seems to allow the virus to hook onto healthy cells in the body and, as you said, make it more uh, virulent uh, in the population. Um, And, of course, the situation has been compounded by the decision of France yesterday uh, to ban entry of people traveling from the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are now discussions in the UK of of food shortages as well. So a a whole series of, of problems for the UK right now. I, I feel like um, the local population obviously looks at other situations and uh, there is this sense of the grass is greener on the other side. Here in South Korea, we are going through a period of what's here considered to be the third wave of the uh, the coronavirus, an uptick in cases uh, recording over a thousand new infections per day. Uh, there is a five-tier system in South Korea and uh, the government is very hesitant right now. We're we're right basically at the second highest level, but uh, there is a hesitation to get back up to the most uh, stringent 
tier here because of the economic concerns and already the complaints you're hearing from small business owners. And again, the wider population feeling a sense of fatigue with all of this, especially ahead of the uh, holiday seasons. Would you say similarly that that, that's what the sentiment is like in the UK among small business owners and and the public at large ahead of the Christmas holidays and especially now uh, with the, um, uh, the wave of infections that we're all suffering from? Well, the UK population has been very tolerant and resilient mm. in the face of the pandemic. Um, uh, as you know, schools and uh, colleges, universities have remained open um, for the last few months, and, and the National Health Service has done a fantastic job. Um, but of course, the downside is that uh, the situation in London now is that the number of corona cases is doubling every six days. And... Um, I think the, the public do feel very sorry for the retail sector, as, as you uh, indicated. Um, the shops were told that they could stay open until midnight in the run-up to the Christmas holidays, um, bought extra stock and employed additional staff, and then were told on Saturday that they had to shut down. So they're out of pocket, and uh, um, there's a lot of public sympathy, I think, for the retail sector and the loss of jobs involved. And there's always a political element of it uh, here in South Korea. It, uh, you do see uh, partisan criticisms uh, back and forth in terms of how the uh, pandemic has been handled. Uh, in the UK, the mayor of London, uh, Sadiq Khan, criticizing the government for uh, giving people false hope over Christmas and sort of maybe uh, whether we can say a backtracking or a flip-flop uh, by the pre- Prime Minister Boris Johnson in terms of um, a stop-start change uh, in terms of how the uh, pandemic and the restrictions are being issued. Uh, would you say there's validity to those criticisms or it's just really kind of the situation has kind of uh, led you into this sort of um, uh, uncontrollable situation? Well, it's certainly the case that the UK government has been criticized for changing policy a number of times. But Part of the problem is that the situation that we're dealing with is just so unpredictable and unprecedented. Right. Uh, and one consequence of the regular changes in government policy um, has unfortunately been confused messaging. So at the start of the pandemic, the messaging was actually fairly clear. Stay at home, protect the National Health Service and save lives. But as the crisis has continued, that messaging has become confused um, particularly as the government tried to ease restrictions. In, in August, for example, we were told to eat out to help out the struggling restaurant sector. And in September, we were all told to return to our workplaces to boost city centre economies. And then we were told a few weeks later to stop doing all the things that the government had been encouraging us to do. So um, keeping the public engaged and having a clear messaging strategy uh, is, is, is really a challenge for the government. Um, and as, we've, as I've indicated, I think over the coming months, the situation isn't looking promising. Um, there's talk in the UK that this situation with lockdowns will continue at least until the Easter holidays as well. Wow. So we're, we're looking at a horizon of at least several months then uh, in terms of the, the current restrictions that are in place right now? Exactly. Uh, and I think probably a, a, an, an increase in the restrictions. Um, one of the uh, interesting aspects that the virologists have picked up from the, uh, the mutant strain is uh, that there is a high incidence of, of transmittability amongst children. So... 
so far, the decision has been taken to keep schools open, and this is now proving controversial because we're seeing that the mutated cells seem to be spreading, spreading faster through school children. So now there's a big debate about whether after the Christmas vacation, these schools should reopen. So it's too early to say precisely uh, what further measures there will be, but um, there's a big debate about keeping school, schools closed to help prevent the spread of the mutated virus after the holiday season. Short of a vaccine cure, uh, the only way to do this is what you just mentioned with um, fairly strict uh, social distancing protocols and, of course, mass contact tracing should infections come out and and, and treating people as quickly as possible and and testing as many people as possible. But uh, in terms of the UK and being first to the market with uh, the uh, vaccine rollout, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines uh, already uh, being rolled out, and then uh, what we can expect shortly with the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccines. Uh, is, isn't there some optimism, at least with the UK, that uh, because it will be a country that uh, arguably will be the first to get that uh, magical 60% of the population inoculated to have some sense of herd immunity, that there is at least some light at the end of the tunnel in 2021? Well, you're absolutely correct that these lockdowns can only be a holding action, that ultimately the solution has to be the vaccine rollout. Um, in the UK, virologists have estimated that we're probably going to need to get 20 million people vaccinated before we see any impact at all. And mm. so far, we have half a million uh, vaccinated with their first shot of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. And we've had stars like Paul McCartney encouraging people to, to take the vaccine. Um, One concern is that we don't yet know whether the uh, vaccines available can recognize the mutated virus. So the variant has this spike protein with six mutations and two deletions. So the big question is, do the vaccine antibodies, such as Pfizer-BioNTech, do they have the ability to see the mutation? And so far, we simply don't know that. Um, But in terms of optimism for the future, you know, leaving these uncertainties aside, I think it will take another year or two before we see any sort of normality returning. So although it's great to see medicines agencies in the UK, US and US, uh, EU uh, approving the the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, worldwide, as as we've said before on this show, uh, the vast majority of people are living in low and middle income countries and still have no access to these vaccines at all. Uh, and this is why the World Health Organization's initiatives on uh, advanced purchase orders through COVAX and its technology access pool are so important. You know, the rich countries really need to step up and support mm. the World Health Organization, make sure we have truly global solutions to this global health crisis. Yeah, I, a very important point because uh, so much of the media attention and largely dominated uh, uh, by um, countries like uh, the UK and the US, uh, there has been so much of a focus on the bra- uh, vaccine procurement among those uh, nations. But uh, certainly there is a, a wider population out there with a more vulnerable uh, demographic group that uh, certainly uh, needs to help as well. Hopefully uh, something to keep in mind over the holiday season. Uh, Professor Matthews, once again, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And we hope you enjoy your holidays and best of luck to you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. We're moving on to part four of the program with another check of traffic and weather.